prefer in terms of sound and visibility, whether you want me up there or whether it's better down here. Sometimes I've got bad breath, so I can understand if you don't want me getting too close to you like this, it's a little too intimate, I get, I get that. So you just got to communicate. You know, a friend lets a friend know when he's got bad breath. Well, I'd like to continue on today with the precepts of the church. So last Sunday, we talked about the first precept, the, the obligation to attend Sunday Mass and Mass at the, uh, and the Holy Days of Obligation. Um, by the way, I, you know, after that obnoxious homily, I can understand some of you were probably worried about my bodily health, whether or not I was going to get beat up after church. I just want to let you know I'm okay, all right? So here I am. I'm doing pretty good. Um, my tires were slashed, but that's about... It's okay. That's how the Italians roll. I understand that. All right. So the precept that we want to talk about today is actually, in most catechisms, it's the fifth precept, but it, because the fifth precept goes really, really well with today's scripture readings, I kind of bumped it up ahead. And it's the precept to help support uh, the church materially. So our catechism, our current universal catechism in paragraph 2043 says, you shall help to provide for the needs of the church. The fifth precept means that the faithful are obliged to assist with the material needs of the church, each according to his own ability. That's a, probably a pretty important addendum there, each according to his own ability. So, you know, if you're poor and you really, every, every cent that comes in to your, to your household is really being used for necessities, not wants, but for necessities, then, you know, it's, you're going to have a different standard. You're going to have a, a lot less obligation to be uh, assisting the church. But if you're rolling in the dough like me, and you're really rich, then you're going to have a higher obligation, to uh, a greater obligation to be providing for the needs of the church. And uh, maybe I think the focus of this homily, what I'd like to do is just talk about the motive. What's the motive, really, for providing for the needs of the church? And uh, I go back to the very common sense, natural principle that each of us takes care, very naturally, of their own family and their own households. That's common sense. You take care of your own. Uh, that's really what the law of nature dictates. And actually, this is really why something like communism doesn't work too well, because there's not private ownership or private property. In communism, people are not motivated, really, to invest and to work hard and whatnot. And the system is very dysfunctional and ultimately does not work. So uh, we take care of our own. Private property is a, it's a human right. It's a natural right, and it's just the way that God made things. Well, we see in our readings today that sometimes we can kind of go a little bit overboard with taking care of our own, okay? And uh, we go overboard when we forget that we are going to one day die, that we are limited, finite beings, and we can't take it with us as they say. So in our first reading it says, here is one who has labored with wisdom and knowledge and skill, and yet to another who has not labored over it, he must leave property. So this first reading from Ecclesiastes, it captures very well the sort of uh, uh, futility and the frustration, the vanity is the word that's used, of being totally preoccupied with our own earthly household and family and well-being and prosperity, so forth and so on. 
And uh, our psalm today, if we listen to its verses, is a very powerful reminder of our mortality. It says, You turn man back to dust, saying, Return, O children of men. Teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain wisdom of heart. That's pretty, that's pretty profound. Teach us to number our days aright, that we might gain wisdom of heart. And that wisdom that we gain by being mindful that we all come to an end and we can't take it with us is in direct contrast to this guy in the gospel to whom God says, you fool, this night your life will be demanded of you and the things you have prepared to whom will they belong. Thus will it be for all who store up treasure for themselves but are not rich in what matters to God. And uh, so we see here the overdoing it, a kind of a, an unhealthy or an imbalanced approach to focusing on our own property. Again, it's common sense that we would take care of our own, but at the same time, we can't take it with us. Now, what's beautiful, though, is that we all belong to another family and another household. And when we invest in that family and in that household, we can take it with us. And that family and that household is the church. We belong to the church. It is our own. It is the mystical body of Christ, and we are members of that body. How much more intimate and close can you get than being a finger on a body or being a foot on a body? And so that, that's a very beautiful thing. I, I look here at um, St. John's, our church here, this is, uh, you know, just talking about materially speaking, it's an absolutely beautiful church. Absolutely beautiful church. We are so blessed by those who have gone before us. And we really owe it to them to continue to work, to maintain it as we do. And to carry on this incredible heritage of this, just the physical property alone, let alone uh, the spiritual patrimony, the spiritual heritage that we have that goes back to the 19th century. Here is a little, uh, little history here of St. John's I've been going through. 1869 to 19... Well, it stops in 1970, but um, you know I, I can learn more about uh, the 1970s onwards by simply talking to people here, uh, many of whom are, are here present. And uh, it's, a, it's a proud heritage that we have. And it's a beautiful thing to know that when we give to the church materially and we support it, um, it doesn't get flushed down the toilet. We're investing in something that really is eternal. Now, of course, you know, uh, unfortunately, the beautiful church here will eventually, um, it will eventually cease and perish. If not, you know, 200 years from now, when the Lord Jesus returns, uh, everything will perish. But our material support of the church, of our local parish, translates into spiritual wealth into eternal wealth that we're going to get a really fat interest on when we, when we get to heaven and in eternity. Um, so let's talk about, so someone might say, okay, well, how much are you talking about here? It sounds real good, but how much are you talking about? Let's talk brass tacks. Well, St. Alphonsus Liguori from the 18th century, very famous theologian, moral theologian, he said uh, he laid down a certain percentage um, for, to give to the poor, and uh, many of the, much of the theological tradition after him kind of followed suit. So he said 2%. So 
So when giving to the poor, so there's two different things really. It's giving to the church, giving to the poor. Sometimes they overlap because when you give to the church, the church takes care of the poor. But then other times, you know, we give directly to the poor and this precept requires us to be mindful of the poor and to give of our own resources directly to charitable activities. So we got these two things. So as far as the poor is concerned, he says 2% minimum. All right? Different time periods, uh, there might be more poverty than on others. And so in those cases, we would be obliged to give more. But at least 2%. Um, if, you, if your income is such that you use every single penny and there's nothing that's superfluous or you can be used for your wants, you probably have a different standard and you don't actually need to even meet that 2%. But for most of us here in America, I think we've got enough income where we can say, you know, we've got some to play with. So if that's the nature of our income, 2% is the minimum for poor. Uh, in general, though, um, we've got this whole aspect of giving to the church as well as to the poor, and so we say, well, what's total? What, what are we talking about total? And, um, you know, we've heard of the tithe, okay? A tithe is 10%. Now, in the Old Testament, the tithe was of divine command. So God divinely commanded that the children of Israel would give 10% of their uh, income and their produce to the, um, to the church, so to speak, to the temple. Now, in the New Covenant, you'll be happy to know the tithe is no longer of divine precept. It's not obligatory. Um, so, maybe 2% to the poor, 2% to the church, that would be kind of like a bottom minimum. If you want to tithe, that's a really good idea. I know many lay people and many clergy who tithe. They give 10% before taxes. And uh, that's very sacrificial, and that's very good, very praiseworthy. Uh, but in any event, whatever you give... It needs to be integrated into your spirituality. You need to be prayerful about it. You need to think about it. And you need to give with uh, a generous heart, uh, knowing that, as, as I said before, when you give to the church, you're giving to your households. You're taking care of your own. You're, you're giving to your family. And it's a family and a household that, unlike our earthly households, uh, will not pass away. 